Welcome everybody to this beautiful weekend right before Resurrection Sunday. Join me today on a walk. If you're watching on YouTube, you will see a video in the background of where I walked today. Beautiful, beautiful day. And discussing things about the Lord. Just taking a little moment, getting out in nature, seeing His glory, and meditating on the things of the Lord. Today I would like to talk about, well, I would like to talk about His glory and His goodness, but I want to talk about how He keeps us. And the requirement for being kept is obeying all the commandments that He commanded you. And now I realize Deuteronomy chapter 8, in which I am. I'm going to read Deuteronomy chapter 8, portions of it. I realize it's Old Testament. And you may be saying, but I live in the new covenant and I'm not under the law. Because Christ became a curse for the law. However, Yahweh, our Father, our Father God, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there is a requirement to fear him. There's a requirement to give him all of our our minds, our strength, our love, our heart, to love our God with everything that we have. That is the first and greatest commandment. If there's a first and greatest commandment, there's also a first and greatest trespass, correct? That would be not to love our God with all our strength, all our heart, all our mind, all our soul. So in Deuteronomy 8, Moses is talking to the children of Israel here, and he's quoting Yahweh, our God, our Elohim, and he says, now I'm reading, before I get started, I'm reading from the NASB version. And it says, all the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commands or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry. He fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore, therefore now, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs flowing forth in valleys and hills. Now from here on out, the next several Verses, you can read it for yourself in Deuteronomy chapter 8. He talks about the good land and that he's given him. And we go to verse 11, 
and it says, "Beware, God is God is talking." He says, "Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments and His ordinances and His statutes, which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them." And when your herds and your flocks multiply, your silver, gold multiply, all that you have multiply, then your heart will become proud. And you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt. Out of the house of slavery, he led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground. Where there was no water, he brought water for you out of the rock of Flint. In the wilderness, he fed you manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good for you in the end. Otherwise, you might say in your heart, my power and my strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. All right? And then he goes on, and with that blessing, it says, if you ever forget the Lord and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you today that you will surely perish. Just like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so you shall perish because you would not listen to the voice of the Lord your God. A few things I want to point out in this passage that I, I find very interesting. Let's go to the understanding here that God led his people, the people he chose, through a great and terrible wilderness. It had fiery serpents. Okay, now everything here is literal. Everything is a literal element. A fiery serpent is a poisonous snake that bites and can kill you. Like a, uh, a rattlesnake. Okay? Led him through the terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents because the bite is like fire. And scorpions. All right? Scorpions. It's interesting that these two things are singled out when, you know, in the wilderness, there was a whole lot of danger. A whole lot of danger out there. But these two things are singled out. Fiery serpents and scorpions. And then he says, and thirsty ground where there was no water. That's a real thing. It's not spiritualized. Uh, he brought water for you out of the rock of Flint. That's a real thing. He really did. So the fiery serpents and the scorpions are real fiery serpents. They're real snakes. They're real poisonous snakes. And they're real scorpions in this wilderness. And God says, I led you out. Now, I want to say that what's interesting is that when Jesus sent out his 70 disciples to minister and he gave them authority and power, he sends them out. And they, they come back and they go, even the devils were subject to us. And he says, well, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And he says, uh, you know, I gave you power over what? 
serpents and scorpions. You'll, you'll tread on them. You'll pick up serpents. You won't get harmed. You'll tread on scorpions and they won't hurt you. And he says, but don't rejoice in that. Don't rejoice that you have power over spirits, but that your name is written in the book of life. When Jesus is talking about serpents and scorpions, it's spiritualized. It's not a, he's not talking the thirsty ground. He's not talking drought. He's not talking a, a, a literal wilderness, literal snakes and scorpions. He's, he's talking about demonic spiritual forces that he gave his disciples authority over. And they were thrilled with that. And he says, that's great. But your, your concentration is that your name is written in the book of life, that you're, that you're saved. But it's interesting that our Lord Jesus would use the same language as it is here in Deuteronomy 8, 15. And God led them through literal fiery serpents and scorpions and a drought where there's no water. And then through Christ, God does the same thing. And he brings you spiritually through the great wilderness that you now live in. We now are in this great wilderness. And we do have a drought. There is a famine, folks, if you haven't noticed, of the word of God. There's a famine of the true word of God. Now, you might you know, listen to your favorite preachers, your favorite persons now and then. And go, oh, that's great. That's great. I do the same thing. But in general, really getting good meat of the word, good, deep Bible study that is the wow factor that you walk away and go, man, that is life changing. It's rare. It's rare out there. There's, there's way too many preachers and teachers that are into their celebrity status. They're into themselves. They're not loving God with all their heart, all their mind, all their soul, all their strength, all their spirit. They're loving themselves and their own institutions. And because of this, now the word of God doesn't return void. The word of God is the word of God. But because of this, they're not teaching full truth. And they're not bringing you through the wilderness as Moses brought the people of God, was used by God to bring the people through the wilderness and to provide water from the rock of Christ. There is a famine in the land. There is a drought of the gospel message in the land. There is hunger for the true word of God. People are burned out. People are tired. People are confused. People don't know what to think. They believe everything, everything they hear through images on TV, through propaganda, through their social media pages and their platforms. They believe other people. They believe their government. They believe their scientists and their universities, but they do not believe the word of God anymore. They cannot find manna. So God, God brings you out and you're hungry. It's, he says that God made them hungry. Okay. God tested them so that they would remember all the way which the Lord Yahweh led them through the wilderness and what Yahweh commanded that they do, that they might live. It's not just live a life. It's like that you might be healed, that you might be kept alive, that you might be preserved, that you might come to life and multiply. 
You cannot live by human bread alone. Man's bread, whether it be your politics or your social institutions or your education or your government or your science, will not feed you. But every debar, every word that comes out of the mouth of your Elohim, of your God, is what gives you life. And until we embrace that, until we understand where life comes from, we are living a dead life. We're living a life that is not come out of the wilderness. And he says in Deuteronomy that the Lord Yahweh tested Israel for 40 years that he might humble them. See, there's too many preachers and teachers talking about you, you, you. These are the best days of your life. The Fridays are all about you. It's all about your glory, your prayer, your getting whatever you want from God, your prayer circles, your, you name it. It's all about you, but it's not about you. It's about God. It's always been about God because he's the creator of God. There is no other. There is no Elohim. You are the creation. You're the creation. You're the vessel. And for 40 years, he humbled Israel. And I'm telling you today, he is humbling you. He is humbling you. You must listen. If you have ears, hear. If you have eyes, see. Receive the chastisement of your father. Receive the discipline and the correction. And let him move you into life. Quit fighting it. You are not going to get redeemed by science. You are not going to get redeemed by your political leaders. You are not going to get redeemed by what you think is correct and what you think is right and what you think true religion is. God will humble you and he tests you. He That word in Hebrew means to prove, to try the testing, proving you. Are you, Do you have the moxie? What is God proving? What is God testing you on? To know what was in their heart. And, he, and he's proving you to know what is in your heart. What's in your heart? What is in your heart? What is in your heart? If the greatest command, Jesus says, is to love God with all your heart, all your strength, all your mind, everything that you have with everything, he's showing what's in your heart by testing you, proving you. Whether you would keep his commandments or not, are you going to keep God's commandments, his statutes, his prescriptions? Do you even know what they are? Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, 
A True Story of Spiritual Warfare offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. He humbled Israel in the wilderness and he let them be hungry. See, the messages we hear today from the celebrity pastors will never tell you that God will let you be hungry. They tell you just the opposite. God will feed you. He will give you whatever you want, the desires of your heart. If you just draw a prayer circle and you stand in it and you won't give up and you won't give up and you take God to court and you won't give up and you just hold the horns of the altar until he answers your prayer. And, and, and these people run around from false prophets to false teachers to false prophecies and they run around because they're celebrity pastors and celebrity men and women on television and they think that's religion. And they're not telling you in their books, their, their books, Seven Paths to Happiness. <laughs> they're not telling you that God is going to humble you and let you go hungry. Spiritual hunger is worse than physical hunger. If you can't get spiritually fed, it's, it's a torment of the mind, of the soul. And God said he let... His people, Israel, go hungry, but he fed them with manna. And they had no idea. They've never seen anything like this manna. And the reason why he did that is that they would understand that they could not live by physical bread alone, but that they could only live by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. His word is ultimate. Obeying his commandments are ultimate. He is our creator, God. We are not the creators. It is not our lives to do whatever we want to do and how we think we should do them. And God took care of these people. Their clothes didn't even wear out. Their, their feet didn't even swell. But in verse 5, he says, Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. The Hebrew word yeshar is to admonish, to chasten, to correct, to be instructed and taught, trained, or warned. God was training them, and God wants to train us just like a father, a good father, will train his son. It's not happy, clappy. It's about God and his sovereignty. It's about God and his holiness. And it's always about God and his holiness. There is no simple faith. I just want a simple faith. I don't want all this theology I don't want all this God wrath and fear. I just want a simple faith. I just want to be in Jesus. It don't work that way because Jesus is God made flesh. Jesus is God made flesh. 
And in verse 6, therefore, because of all the above things, God disciplining them, leading them to the wilderness, and taking care of them, feeding them manna. Because of all those things, in verse 6 it says, you shall. It's not an option. You shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. I don't see any celebrity pastors writing a book on fearing God. Awesome, awesome things. Frightened, cautious, fearful, frightened, reverence, standing in awe of the terrible, holy God that can destroy both your body and your soul. Be careful what marks of the beast you're going to take. Be careful who you align with in this world because it's an illusion. It's all an illusion at the end of the day when it all wakes up. And when we all wake up, we're going to see reality, the real reality that we now call spiritual. That's the real reality. This thing that we live is not everlasting. There's a hundred percent chance of you dying. 100%, I can guarantee you will be dead at some point, and it could be in the next five minutes, it could be in the next 30 seconds, it could be in the next 30 years, but you're going to die, and when you open your eyes, what God is, is all that matters, not what you thought, not what you tried to do, not easy peasy, but how you serve him and your commitment, and your love, and your wholeheartedness, and that you love the Lord with all your mind, your soul, your strength, your heart. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. And when he does this, and you're, you're in this good land, and you've eaten, and now you're satisfied, and you're going to bless the Lord for the good land which he's given you. You're going to thank God, just like today I'm walking it's beautiful weather. There's no snow on the ground. It's gorgeous where I'm at. And I don't, I don't get in a car and go walking. I walk right out of the front of my house. And what you see on that YouTube video, that's literally like my backyard, man. I thank God for that. It's gorgeous. And the people that I'm around, my neighbors, I thank God for them. Because he brought me out of a land. He brought me out of spiritual darkness. And I'm satisfied. But there's, there's a warning here in verse 11. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes, which I am commanding you today, okay? Beware. It's a warning. You have to guard you have to keep, you have to confine, you have to defend. You have to be the doorkeeper and the gatekeeper, okay, of those things that you know that are from God. His ordinance, his statutes, do not be led astray. Stick with every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. You will find that in the Holy Scriptures, okay? I heard one very accomplished theologian say, 
When he was asked the question, what do you think is more important, somebody reading the Bible themselves or listening to a good sermon? And he said that it was better to listen to a good sermon because that person has already vetted things out and learned, and he's now taking that and teaching you something. But I disagree with that great theologian. I don't think that trumps you personally reading the Word of God because you then rely on what that other person says as them having truth about it. When you listen to my voice right now, you're, you're thinking, I know what I'm talking about. Maybe I'll learn something from this guy. But what if I don't? You need to read it yourself. Deuteronomy 8, read it yourself. Read the word of God yourself. Because Yahweh says, man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, not out of the mouth of every preacher or teacher. You understand? You've got to remember the commandments. Otherwise, when you're eating and you're satisfied, you built a good house and everything, and then you're going to say, hey, I forgot about God who brought me out of that dark land of Egypt. I forgot all about it. Um, that, that, that He led me through the wilderness with the, the fiery serpents, the snakes, and the scorpions, and the drought. There was no water, and he gave me water. I forgot all about that, that he fed me manna so that he could test me. I forgot all about that. And then I say in my heart, it was my own power. It was my own strength, my own ability, my own might, my own wealth of my own hand that made me this wealth. I built this empire. I built this religious institution. I built this church. I built this YouTube channel. I built this podcast platform. I did it on my strength. I forgot God. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power, that ability, that force, that, that might, that strength, that wealth, to make wealth, to make riches. You know why? That he may confirm his covenant, which he swore. And if we ever do forget our Lord our God, and we go after other gods and serve them, Moses wrote in the book of Deuteronomy that I testify against you today that you will surely perish. And the word perish is abad. The Hebrew word abad. It's probably where, I don't know for sure, but probably where you get abadon, the angel, the bottomless pit, abadon, the destroyer. The word abad is to annihilate, to be lost to be broken and destroyed, total destruction, to vanish, to be ruined. That's what happens when you go after other gods. It's not an option. It's not, hey, it could be, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I thought I was doing the right thing. That's what happens. And it's like all the other nations that have perished before America even existed. History that's being erased, if we would just go back and look at history and look at all the great empires that have come and gone. And when did they come and gone? Was there one godly empire that stayed the course? Is there one empire that served the Lord Yahweh with all their heart that is still around? Is there one? You answer me. Where are the Hittites and the Canaanites? Where are the Greeks? Where are the Romans? Where are they? 
like the nations that the Lord makes to perish. Before our very eyes, history shows us this. He says, so you shall perish. America, Europe, Eastern Bloc, wherever. South America, North America, you shall perish. Because you would not listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Every word that proceeds out of his mouth gives life. To ignore every word that proceeds out of his mouth brings death. That's what it means to fear God. That's the greatest commandment. Love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And be careful to do. Be careful to do what he commands that we may live and multiply and possess the land. That spiritual land that waits for us. Christ talked about serpents and scorpions and he's clearly he was talking about spiritual elements. He saw Satan fall like lightning. lightning. Just like in Revelation 9, the angel comes from the sky and falls, opens the bottomless pit. That angel, Abaddon, the destroyer, and all the locusts that have stings like scorpion tails come out and torment mankind for five months. Connections. Yes. Yes. Let's be mindful of God's gracious dealings as we approach Resurrection Sunday and understand that it was the power of God that resurrected our Messiah for our salvation and our redemption so that we can have the power to keep all the commands and statutes that he commanded us today. Amen. Thank you for joining me on my walk. Hope you have a blessed week. God bless and thank you for joining me. Bye-bye.